Hello and welcome to the 135th episode of The Sausage Factory, which is brought to you by Spog.com and hosted by me, Chris O'Regan. In this show, we interview video game developers and ask them how they make their start making games, what their influences are, and who inspires them. Split into two halves, the show initially focuses on the developer themselves, and in the second half, we discuss the game they're here to promote, which in this case is Slime Sand by Fabraz. Fabian. Hello, hello. Who are you, and what do you do? All right, so my name is Fabian. Um, I'm the founder of a company called Fabraz that has now been officially a company for three years, uh, based in New York, Manhattan, actually. Um, and we're basically a team of four uh, working full time. Um, and I'm kind of responsible for most of the graphic design in Samsung, also the level design and a billion other things because indies do everything. Wait, the graphics are your fault? That's brilliant. <laughs> That is brilliant. I have much mm-hmm. to discuss with, with you about the uh, the graphics on uh, Slime Sand. But before we do, we need to... So the first question is you've answered correctly, hopefully, <laughs> your name mm-hmm. and what you do for a living. <laughs> <laughs> so like any other video game, it, uh, things get more and more complex as things go by. So mm-hmm. this is the first level. Hopefully you can manage the second one. <laughs> How did you make your start making flashy, lighty video games? Um, all right. Uh, so basically, I started experimenting with stuff like RPG Maker way back when in uh, like middle school. Um, and I always was fascinated by telling stories, I, especially in video games, essentially because for me, it's kind of the ultimate medium. Um, you've, got, you've got writing, you've got visuals, you've got sound. Uh, you've got interactivity that has that almost no other medium has, um, and just the combination of that for me was always a package that I found ultimately incredibly enticing. Um, and so I basically uh, did my little like fan project. You know, obviously I did like a Dragon Ball Z RPG and all that kind of stuff that uh, what kids do. Um, and from that, then it developed into a keen interest in actual just programming, art, uh, just that kind of that kind of direction. And so I decided to. Um, it's all in Europe, by the way, because I'm actually Swiss, which you can probably tell by my accent. Okay, um, yeah. I was trying to place it, but I wasn't going to insult you. Yep, yep. No, no, no. <laughs> it's, it's never going away. I've been told it's charming, so I'm living with it. Um. Oh, that's very, that's, that's very patronising, isn't it? Good God. <laughs> it's, true. it's almost as bad as people in America calling me Australian. I'm not, oh, really. Oof, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you I can, can see that. why, but I know yeah. you... Because we have the same... We we stress the diff- same vowels as Australians do, so that's why I want to right, 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 right. But you yeah. know the difference because you're European. No, yep. <laughs> exactly. There are more than one or two countries in Europe. Really? Um, no. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yes. Was this in Switzerland? Was it you were doing this? Was it? Or th- th- this was all during still like my school years, and then I decided oh. I wanted to study abroad, and uh, I found. Uh, Parsons in New York, and that had a program called Design and Technology, which was basically a, a relatively big cumulative program that wasn't directly video games, but kind of just, you know, a bit of everything that is uh, when it comes to digital creation. And there I met basically all my team members, and we decided to start creating our first game called Cannon Crusher, which was about was a strategy title that we made for mobile, um, and was about two castles confronting each other with a gigantic cannon, kind of shooting at each other, um, creating destruction worm style, and then micromanaging essentially armies and spells and that kind of stuff in between. And so we released that while we were still in university, and it did really well, um, well enough for us to decide, you know what, let's grad- like well, after graduation, we just start our own company and we start working on the next project. And so we does did that. Does it still exist, by the way? I always ask this. Is it still? Is it a it thing? Does. It does. It does. It does. And yeah. we, we built it actually in Cocos 2DX. And surprisingly, even though that's now three, four years ago, it still runs on the newest OS with no <laughs> updates. Wow, which uh, that's so we, cool. we certainly didn't expect. Okay, so you can still grab it. It's just on iOS, is it? Or is it on Android OS as well? OS and Android now as well. Well yeah. done. Yeah, sorry, that sounded patronizing, but they're very different platforms, so that's why I asked Very, that. very. Yeah. I mean, Cocos, luckily, is pretty good with iOS and Android. Um, it just gets really messy if you try to port it anywhere else. It sounds like a, an advanced version of a very old game, because I'm really old, by the way. A game called Scorched Earth, which is like the... Pre- yes. Oh, you know it. Good, thank yeah, you. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. No, it's definitely, it's definitely a very similar concept, um, and then basically just the micromanaging in between. Cool. Uh, okay. Added on top. Yeah. All right. So sorry, I interrupted. Carry on. You were saying you would, you made your game while you're university, yes. which is awesome. And mm-hmm. then you just graduated and then started a company. 
That's right. And then we worked on our second game called Planet Diver, um, about a girl who wants to wingsuit dive in the most dangerous chasm she can find in space. Um, so basically, you, you travel from planet to planet and essentially wingsuit dive in these chasms, and you've got a thousand of alien fauna and enemies and bosses that will try to make your life as difficult as possible while you try to dive as deep in as, as you can. Right. Um, and that, that, was, that was released on mobile and PC, and that was basically our first step of kind of transitioning from mobile, which okay. we're really glad we did because it actually did far better on Steam. Um, and that then essentially uh, funded the next project called SlimeSan, um, where we now fully PC and console only. Right. Um, so, just I mean, so your 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 sort of faltering steps into the game creation just got re- mm. reversed a little bit back because I like asking about this to find out. Of course. So you were uh, middle school, so like sort of thirteen, fourteen, and you're mm. you you encountered this RPG maker, which is still around, isn't it? On uh, yes, yes, it is on yeah. uh, on, on Steam. I've noticed it. I mean, I've, mm-hmm. uh, people sort of pointed me towards game maker as a good uh, proof of concept uh, function. Or in oh yeah, I would, I would never. I would never recommend RPG Maker to a pro. I mean, that's that's something that you want to play around with when you're a kid, but uh, it's very limiting. Yes, but at least it teaches you the basic concepts of logic yes. and yes. Um, branching sure. storylines or maybe your, yes. you know, that kind of thing. But also exactly. um, the, the mere act of creation uh, is yes. something yes. is really important. You get, you get a taste for it, especially, and so mm. then you'll know if that's really what you like doing. Yeah. And of course, then you graduate up to game maker, and then other engines and things and yes. methods. Um, but ultimately, and this is something take a drink, everyone. But they're ultimately, computers are just a series of switches. <laughs> And that's right. That's right. That's a bunch of ones and zeros. That's what they are. I mean, people think, oh no, they're all no, we haven't gone to quantum level of computing yet. Maybe one day, mm-hmm. very sooner mm-hmm. rather than later, by the looks of things. But uh, right now, they are still just a series of ones and zeros, mm-hmm. and that's what we're doing. We're just manipulating loads and loads of switches. Even if it is running across <laughs> the field in Hyrule, we're still pressing switches. That's um, right. That's right. So that's really exciting to well. No, not exciting. Very brave for you to actually delve into uh, your own business on a very precarious industry, mm-hmm. whether we like it mm-hmm. or not. But yeah, you, already, yeah. you obviously proved your talent and your ability because of the successful game you released originally. Well, yeah, and we're very proud about the fact that each game has essentially funded the next one because mm. um, that is actually kind of a rarity today it is i mean we've had um, people on like, this is my first game or it's my third game or i've been doing this for 40 years you know we have a vast mm. stretch of experience of people on, on this show i'm happy to say proud to mm. say and uh, so to hear for you that what you're the model you've described and i hate using that word but we, when one when we talked about business one has yes. to delve into that realm it's okay. yes, that's the ideal one even though you're mm-hmm. making odd decisions not odd decisions different decisions with slime sand yes. people going yes. don't do this don't don't yeah. do this and i know there was a talk uh gdc about bad advice that was the theme for mm-hmm. this is gdc mm-hmm. and people were saying this well, know, wasn't that what rami was in yeah there, so rami that, that was his talk i understand that mm-hmm. he stood there and said mm-hmm. i said this two or three years ago that was bad mm. <laughs> well that, that's the thing you know in this industry um you can never repeat the success of someone else. Like, if you try to analyze how they succeeded with that game and you try to replicate it, it won't work a second time. No. Um, And that makes it very, very difficult and very risky. Yeah. And that's why advice also gets outdated within a month. (laughs) I think the worst mistake any human can make, uh, regardless of what they do for a living, is to compare themselves to others. Yes. I've learned that very, very young in life, thank God. Forge mm-hmm. your own path. Don't compare yourself to others. As soon as you do that, you are hiding to nothing. That's right. Don't That's do right. that. Just do what you want to do. Do what you you know what you're capable of doing, and maybe mm-hmm. not so capable. <laughs> but that's a discussion for another time. <laughs> um, so this next question, I I've tried to reframe it. I've tried to rewrite it over the years of doing this show, but I just can't mm. because it's too hard to to. Every time I do it, it becomes diluted. So I'm going to just get to the core of it. What are your biggest influences as a video game creator? Oof, that is a big question. So what I mean. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Um, let's see. I'd say, um, I mean, obviously there is a couple of games that always stay in my memory mm-hmm. um, as something that had an impact in my life. Um, I think a good chunk of them were around the time the GameCube was out. Um 
because it it had something delightful about it with its um, collection of games. So, for example, two games that kind of spring to mind are uh, Wind Waker and Super Mario Sunshine. Um, and what I loved about them, outside of just you know the gameplay, which most mostly excelled, um, was the the charm, um, the absolute lovable charm that they had. Because sometimes I, I I didn't, for example, I don't have a, a tragic backstory <laughs> to my That's life. That's fine, nor I, do I. I so carry on. Like, like, yeah, so share like, the non-tragic I, um, background. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. That's right. That's no, right. I didn't scrapple around. No, I didn't. No, really, I yeah, was fine. No, I had a nice. I had a, I had a pretty nice childhood. <laughs> but but even so, you know, even as a, as as a, in a normal life, you have your ups and downs, yes. and yes. Uh, and life can be can be tough to to you sometimes. And for me, that kind of escapism that I had when I went, for example. Uh, and played Mario Sunshine, and I was on this tropical island, you know, like Mario on holiday. Um, with the kind of humor, it just always put me in this incredibly good mood. And I think I always wanted to kind of impact other people's life the same. Okay. You know, that if they if they play Slime Sand and they and they have a laugh or a giggle or even just a smirk or sl- exhaling slightly louder than normal, um, for me that's an impact that has meaning because it means that. We had like you know we don't emotionally try to gut punch you with a tragic story. Instead, we try to just we try to amuse you. We try to charm you, bedazzle you, so that you kind of just for a second even um, just have fun and you don't think about anything outside in your life, any obligations or things you have to do. Um, you just have fun for that second. And for me, that's always been what games are the best at. Yeah, I mean it's interesting you mention those two games as your defining games of the GameCube. I do have uh, GameCube, still have one, um, th- and I don't know how I got component cables for it as well because apparently they're really <laughs> rare. And I was like, yeah. "How did I get? You know, you have you get stuff over the years." And like, <laughs> "How do I have these?" But anyway, yeah. um, for me, it's two games, and it just shows a lot about my sort of taste or something. But it's mm-hmm. it's Ikaruga and Beautiful Joe. What is wrong? Mm. They're the two games oh, when I when Beautiful I... Joe is amazing though. I love that game. It is, but it's not. They're not the like the defining games of 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 uh, GameCube. But for me, that's true. When I think of those that machine, I think yeah, those two games. Mm-hmm. And some people, mm-hmm. I mean, most people know Ikaruga now, but back yeah. in the day, it's like, what is that? That's true. That was a rarity. Yeah. <laughs> it's Very like, true. It's a bullet hell game. A what? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's 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 yeah, a wonderful, wonderful machine. I've still got my launch one. It still still works because again, it's one of those machines from from that era that you can yes. take a direct hit from a bullet and it still functions. With, absolutely, you can play soccer with it and afterwards still play. Yep, and yet the next generation was you throw the wind in another direction they would actually explode <laughs> and scarring you, you for life you just have to buy it <laughs> <laughs> well i went through five xbox 360s come on mm-hmm. who didn't mm-hmm. who didn't mm-hmm. so that's great i mean you're basically you're saying you're influenced by that's a lovely thing to say that you're influenced by the desire to entertain others and to make them smirk and laugh and mm-hmm. have forget themselves and forget their troubles just for a little bit, even if it is for 20 minutes for half an hour. At least you've done that. And that's, that's a very right. noble effort, and thank you for that, because you've done it, certainly with Slime <laughs> Sand, because I, I do sit there with, A, swaying about backers and forwards because of the music, which you know the, the audience have already listened to when at the beginning of mm-hmm. the show, have a little mm-hmm. snippet. You get another snippet in a minute. Uh, and then, uh, but of course, and also this, this ridiculous, <laughs> ridiculous concept of being eaten it's by rid- a worm. It's, 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 it's ridiculous. It's like, it's like, um, it's like, oh, so that's what happens to the sword fighter at Ned Hog. Yes, this is what happens to him. <laughs> that's, that's, that's right. That's a backstory. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, sorry for those of you who don't know Ned Hog. If you don't know by now, there's something very wrong with you. Go and play it, strange people. Anyway. Um, sequel coming. So, this leads me on to my next question and almost a bit of a segue there although it's no longer a segue now because I've just described it as one what developer do you most admire in, in, in the industry and why you know I used to um, I used to answer with things like Miyamoto for example uh-huh, um, uh-huh. but that has changed a little bit over the course of the last two years actually because I have incredible admiration and respect for the big guys out there, like Miyamoto, and you know he had a huge impact in my life with the games that he's created. Um, but I, but I also now met fellow colleagues that I have huge respect for, um, 
you know, individual devs, like for example, Alex from Unworthy or, um, uh, or the guys behind Rain World um, oh, that I got God, to meet yeah. at PAX East. Yeah. They're such lovely people and they have such incredible compassion and passion in their projects that I have huge respect for them as well. Mm. It is quite extraordinary, isn't it? Uh, you meet these people, these these polymaths, they're, they're the ones that are masters mm. of, you know, not jack of all trades, but also master of them all. Yes, uh, right. And that, that's quite scary. Uh, it's not, it shouldn't be, because this means they're very clever and talented people who understand that yeah. there are no limits to one's mind if you're, if you're willing to that's right. put the work in. That's what I say. That's right, and, absolutely. Um, so yeah, I'm never. Uh, it's. It, I'm always impressed with what I encounter when I see these people make these games. Who? How many people involved with it? Oh, it's just me and this sound dude. Yes, yes. <laughs> We're all small teams at the end, exactly, and it's, yeah. it's it's incredible. And it's yeah, you know, I mean, it's a good answer. I mean, I've had various answers. Everyone, everything from you know the nebulous, oh, you know, Nintendo, they're pretty good, aren't they? Um, mm-hmm. To what you've said, you know, the actual people that you've encountered, and also I've had people mm-hmm. like, oh, I don't want to answer that because I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. Because <laughs> I know too many people. Right, right, right. Totally. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, there is that. There is that. But it's it's nice to know that you do recognise others' efforts, and uh, you know, sure. that's why I asked that question as well directly after the influences. Because those two yeah. those, those two questions are tied together. Yes, yes. And that's and you know the thing is that because we're going through it ourselves, it 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 makes it that much more real, and I I respect that much more when other teams manage what they manage based on a similar team size yeah um it's just it's just absolutely incredible um i know and what people um what make um various games of various sizes my grammar's suddenly broken down there but what i was saying is that you know let's 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 take for example hello games bless them Mm -hmm. they've they've bitten off a lot there uh you know because i knew them from their you know the uh the motorcycle game, God, um, something Joe, Danger. Joe Danger. Yeah, we know for, yeah. for them to go from that to a vast mm-hmm. space opera based on procedural generation. It's like, what, what, are you, what are you doing? <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Sean, from 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 a fun little uh, motorcycle game yeah. where you build your own little courses to let's simulate the universe. Yeah, let's challenge Elite Dangerous. Now, don't do that. No, oh, jeez, <laughs> don't let Elite Dangerous, let Frontier do that. <laughs> so anyway bless them um mm. I, I take my hat off to them for their for efforts um yes yeah, absolutely but, uh, it was to say it was brave is an understatement it's not there's not a word yes. in the english language or any language to describe what they did or, or are doing yep. are doing let's be clear yep yep so this leads on no it doesn't actually um the next question actually is mm. um i have to be asked this question because it's a podcast about video games, therefore I'm required to ask it. What are you mm. What are you playing right now? Oh my god, almost nothing. Oh. Um, that's that, that's that's the sad story of it. Yeah. Is that the more I work on games, the less I play them. And it can um, be any game; it doesn't have to be video games. So basically, basically, what helps me a lot in the moment because I essentially my work hours have gotten so long. Mm. When I get home, I sleep. So yeah. essentially, what the only time I get to play games in the moment. Um, is on the subway and so the last one that i really enjoyed was severed on playing that on my phone on the way back and forth um that one was a lot of fun it was a very good take on a on, a, on the dungeon crawler it um, was awesome wasn't it i saw it at yeah. pax west last year mm-hmm. lost my myself in it i almost said the word that it's very clever it's, it's visually stunning yeah. it has a clever way of making the combat feel less monotonous than in the usual dungeon crawler. Um, you had to, think, you had to study sweats. that screen really hard. Yes. yes, yes, exactly. It gave me a bit of a Paper Mario vibe and how like they revitalized the combat system. You know, like Paper Mario, you've got the hold A to attack stronger at the right time or hold A to block. Same here. It's like you still have kind of a round-based battle system, but it's much more about swiping in the right direction, finding the weak spots, and it's clever. It's very clever. Very, very clever. Yeah, it's a good call. And uh, also, you know, we were chatting before recording. We both live in very large cities and with Mm. extraordinarily good public transport systems. Oh, yeah, just excellent. (laughs) So, um, you know, and they're vast. And because, you know, Mm. I don't own a car, why? (laughs) 
<laughs> what's the point? Right. Um, right. So, you know, I have two um, uh, a commuter, but I'm using my Switch a lot at the moment. Um, yeah. Because yep. why wouldn't I, you? I, I just finally managed to order one. Oh, so good. now I'm looking forward yeah, to it. Yeah, get fast RMX. You'd like that, I think. Uh, All right. That's a good one. Is that, is, that, is that the one that's very similar to F0? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I really want to get that. I shot. liked it on the Wii U, and it's good to see it back mm-hmm. on the on the mm-hmm. Switch. And uh, yeah, mm-hmm. it's good. And, and of course, you, you know, Zelda's kind of if you're not into mm-hmm. that. But I really, 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 really like the Zelda game. It's getting to the point yes. where I'm going. I'm going to go over there. Why? Because I can. <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, and, but it's not the beauty of it. It is. It is until you get yeah. your head smashed. That's, in. By the way, the same answer when people ask me why I made Slime Sun. <laughs> yes. Just because. Why, Why not? not? And that's no. I would never ask you that. None of these questions are asked as as facile as Why have you done this? It's also a bit mm. insulting. Um, no, uh, um, I'm just going to ask you how you did it. Right, right. Because that's what this show's about. This show's about mm. how you'd made this stuff. I'm not asking mm-hmm. why. That's that's <laughs> that's another question for someone else. That's that's you know something. I, I'm not I'm not interested in that. I want to know how you did it. Yeah. So yeah. let's do that then. Let's delve deep as we go into the second half of the show where we talk about Slime Sand. Regular listeners know what I mean by the zeroth question. Yes, it is indeed a vague Asimov reference. Um, <laughs> vague one. Uh, but I'm not going to ask you to bring up rules about uh, video game development, although there probably is some. Um, can you tell us? But they're also there to be broken. They so. are, yeah. Tell us. Uh, and I believe that well, I, I should I should say a little bit quicker. It's Slime Sand, isn't it? Because it's like it's right. Slime Sand. Uh, so tell us about Slime Sand. What is it? So it's about a little slime that gets eaten by a giant worm, yep. and your goal is simple: escape its innards before you get digested. Um, that's essentially the premise. It's right there. Although the shopkeepers within the worm don't seem to care about being digested. That's right. So, basi- so basically, it's it, throughout your journey, you will find other critters that got swallowed by the worm, uh, and you will even find an entire town of survivors that realized, you know. We can never escape this thing, so we might as well make do. Yeah, it's really strange. So it is a massive sandworm-like thing. It's not quite mm-hmm. a sandworm because it's not, you know, it's not underground. It's not. It's not. Well, yeah, and it's not the creator of spice and all that <laughs> nonsense. Um, sorry, now more science fiction reference. Um, and uh, so, but it's it is a platformer, and it's core, cool, right. and there's an aspect of it where. Slime sand, at least initially, there's things happen later on, but I'm not going to spoil anything because there is spoilers in this game um, uh, because it, it keeps on giving. The more you put into it, the more it yes. gives back, and that's the yes. that seems to be the philosophy of this game. The core of it is, it, it, you think you know what's going on, you don't really. No, 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 no. And it's it's it starts it starts slow, and you go through each level, and you've got a hundred of them. Um, but each level starts ramping things up and it starts throwing mechanics and hazards at you. Um, the philosophy that we actually kind of applied there was uh, what Super Mario Galaxy started, which is basically the concept of you introduce a mechanic at the beginning of a level and then, then you basically push it as far as you can by the end of the level and then you throw it out and you bring in the next one and the next level. And that kind of keeps you on your toes. You've got a new hazard or mechanic that you're going to face um, throughout your entire journey and then eventually the big big of course culmination is that we then use all of this stuff at once together yes um, at which point I almost broke my fingers trying to play the game but <laughs> that's a design issue for you um, the game doesn't pull any punches no, it that's doesn't, for sure but I love the fact that we haven't really talked about the. you have to mention the town which has got its own subway which is awesome a bus system it's, bus got, system, it's, got, yeah. it's got a lovely bus that you can shuttle around mm. or you can you can jump 
to because there are some acrobatics required to get to some of the shopkeepers which is really quite fun um (laughs) uh, but i also noticed that you put a gym in there or a trainer you've got a personal trainer a a dojo yes Yes, i I, I call him the personal trainer but you're right he is a dojo (laughs) Uh, and uh he challenges you and teaches you things and then say do you think Mm -hmm. you can do this and then you end mm-hmm. up doing this mechanic over and over and over again to the point where mm. it becomes muscle memory because that's that's, that's right. the key to games like this. You yes, the biggest thing I can tell uh, uh, that I've found is, is uh, games like this. If you've stopped, you're probably going to do it wrong. If you've mm. stopped at any point for mm. more than a fraction of a second, you're probably doing it wrong. <laughs> you know yeah, because that means right. if you stopped, you probably. I mean, the amount of times I've stopped. And I've found myself mm. trying to get my bearings. Like, oh, am I going now? Oh, I wanted mm. to get an apple, didn't I? <laughs> so, mm. so that's that's really and um, it is a two D sort of platform, and, and the graphics. I'd like to talk about yeah. that a little bit because that's something. It's um, how, what what palette is it? Is it three colors, four colors? It looks so. I mean, it's it's the assets are all done in five colors. Five we colors. do cheat a little bit with having some gradients and grain, mm. but essentially it's five colors. Yeah, because I, when I was, I mean, you're, you're fellow European, so you know what, what I'm about to say. You might recognize it, but when I was young, mm. I had an Amstrad, which is huge mm. in France. You're not the first to make that comparison. Yeah, and look, oh, wait, that looks like an Amstrad game, and it does. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. The Amstrad had a mode one system where it could mm-hmm. display four colors it was very yeah. vibrant and very pretty mm. uh, and there's a very famous game called head over heels it does an extraordinary job of doing this and when mm-hmm. i saw this i thought wow this looks like an amstrad yeah. <laughs> and, it, and no amstrad could ever possibly possibly run the fluid graphics and the sounds and the scrolling that, that happens in the yeah, game yeah, yeah. because that's what people say oh that looks like a 16-bit game a 16-bit yeah. machine would fall over in 20 seconds trying to do this yes, um, yes. there's a lot going on in the background so don't do it disservice yes. it's just visually it looks <laughs> like that but th- there's a reason mm-hmm. for that i mean again going back to nidhogg because there's some similarities there where apart from yeah. the worm that's not the point but it, yes, well, yes. Oh, that's actually the god yeah, isn't no, there's, it? A, there's a there's a minimalism there to the aesthetic a, and, and it actually aids the game mechanically quite a bit too mm, um yes. because i mean we, we didn't quite talk about how you control the our little slam stand? No, please um, do go in. Yes, but but essentially you 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 obviously you can walk, you can jump, you can wall jump. Um, but then additionally you have a dash, which you can do in any direction, left, right, up, or down. Yes. Um, and then you got what we call a morph ability. And essentially anything that's green in the game, may it be a tile, an enemy, or a hazard, um, is usually solid or or, or bounceable. But if you hold the morph button, you you essentially morph through it. You phase through it. Um, And on top of that, while holding the morph button, time also slows down. So you can not only can you use it as kind of a crutch if you have like issues platforming precisely, but it has this kind of puzzle element where a lot of levels in our um, require you to think whether you want this green object to be solid or not. it's also important to note that the timer does not slow down because every level is timed, um, meaning that you can't actually rely on the morph too much as a crutch. But to go back to the aesthetic, um, that helps a lot because essentially, no matter how many hazards we throw at you, and as I said, we introduce a lot over time, based on the color, you have a very quick idea of what the basics are going to be. You know, white is always neutral, green is always morphable, and red always kills you. Yep. And it's right there. Yeah. It's it's wonderful. It's so simplistic and so to the core, and of of mm-hmm. what the game's about. Like you, mm-hmm. you can simply glance at the screen. I can go there. I can go there. I can't go there. I can go there eventually if I do this. Go there. there. Right. Like, great. And you just map right. it out. But exactly. once you exactly. get into the language of the game, and it does have one. All games have mm-hmm. languages, um, especially puzzle games. So like mm-hmm. if you're doing something that's outside the puzzles restrictions, then you're not doing mm-hmm. it right. And that's you know. Right. But every game has that because you said earlier, all game, all video games are ultimately switches. <laughs> so yes. Switches and the yes. same thing with video games. Just yes. that you just keep on reinventing it and reinventing it. And that's where the interest comes in, and that's where it yeah. becomes. I mean, we we purposefully even then break the very rules that we have established for the player. I yes. mean, for example, the fact that you can use the morph, for example, to uh, slow down time and platform more precisely. Later on, we have a, we introduce a, an object that. Uh, changes its solidity based on morphing or not on top of the green tiles. And then suddenly you're like, oh man, now I can't just hold that button no. for my own safety. Yeah. I have to actively switch between these 
two different things, yeah. and it's it's kind of a mind. It is. It's uh, when it gets to that point, it is almost the controller throwing. But no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm going to ask you now the first design question because we've, I think we've established mm. with the listener now that uh, what, what the game's mm. about. But tell us, how did this morphing concept come into being? Um, so that was basically the very first thing. I mean, when we started prototyping the game, it all was based on this one idea of what if we make a platformer where you choose whether some tiles are solid or not? Um I think partially because it just aesthetically fits. I mean, you're a slime, so, you know, you are very squeezable, morphable. Um, you're non-solid in a way. And so we basically based it on that and saw that it has a lot of potential for clever level design um, because it kind of combines the fast-paced action that we like from platformers like Super Meat Boy with the addition of having to then also be quick on your feet uh, in terms of switching between these two states. Yeah, it's it's fascinating, and also the, the time slowdown issue, as you mentioned, is, mm. is is odd. Like, why am I slowing down? Uh, don't ask the question; just accept it. Because you're a slime, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're a sentient slime trying to get out of a, of a, right. a worm. Why are you asking these stupid questions? Um, <laughs> but um, no, it's it's. I just really felt that added a lot of textures. Because you could have just left it. You could have mm. just had something like really quite. No, you don't change anything. You just got to avoid all this stuff. Mm. You could have done that. That's mm-hmm. fine, um, but it, it in fact. But you always it, you always have to add something new, right? Um, yeah, I, I, I'm a firm believer that revolutionary doesn't really exist when it comes to video games or any kind of medium. It's no. all iterative. It's all iterative. You take yep. something that you really like and then you try to f- find a twist on it, something new that you can add. But it's still an iteration upon a previous uh, concept. Yes, you're standing on the shoulder of the giants, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's right. And That's so basically for us, the morph is one of the primary things that is the, the, the little twist in this genre. Yeah, and the amount of times I'm jamming that button on the shoulder, and like, come on, mm-hmm. I can do this. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's very important, and it's, it's mm. key. But there's something else I want to ask about, uh, Slime Sand, mm. now, is um, speed. Yes. You mentioned that there's a timer, so you do mm-hmm. have to finish the level. You can't hang around. That's um, right. So because of the thematic, um, if you take your time too much on, the, on a level, the stomach acid is eventually going to start catching up to you. Yeah, yeah. It actually fills the screen. It's a big mm-hmm. red sludge. It's pretty mm-hmm. grim. So you get digested, which you don't mm-hmm. want to be. Um, there, there, there's, there's one little critter that you encounter that starts screaming, Conspiracy! The, uh, the stomach acid only rises when you are here. <laughs> So, which is true, and I love the little conceit of that. But mm-hmm. I've got to ask: Has that always been the case? With the, did you always intend it to be this fast? Yes. Um, and 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 the interesting thing, though, is is that everybody describes the game as very fast paced, but it does a couple of things that are actually kind of. It, it's not what you would expect with what a fast paced platformer is usually associated to. So, for example. Um, Every level is made out of four rooms, right? And these rooms are static, as in your camera does not move. And that means that your character might move around quite fast, but the, the uh, your, your character, I mean, but your camera does not. And that, for me, was also a very important part of it because that means that you won't die because the camera moved in a way you didn't expect it to. And I figured that was very important for the speed. And to then add more urgency and immediacy to the whole thing, we decided, you know, let's let's also add a timer, essentially, where you can take your time, and that's the stomach acid. Um, and the thing, the thing is also in terms of speed, uh, the game is very very speedrunner friendly. Um, almost all levels are designed in a, in a way where you can complete them normally, but there are little shortcuts and tricks you can do uh, to finish them faster. And, the, and, it, and it works very, very nicely with the concept of speedrunning because of the morph button, right? Because you're required to use it, but you should use it as little as possible if you want to have that perfect time. Yes. Yeah, I, I, I'm not... My hand-to-eye coordination isn't what it, what it was. Um, mm. Despite that, I still you know, managed to get a fair way through the game because of, I don't know, the way the game's designed. And you've done such yes. a great job of... of of doing that, I can see a lot of effort has been put into the level Thank design, you. but I'm not going to delve into that because it's it speaks for itself, and I'm not going to ask you how you come up with this stuff. It's mm. fairly obvious that you are following a a plan. There, there is a plan involved, but what I can't quite fathom 
and mm. um, it took me by surprise is the amount of other bits you've brought yes. onto yes. the game. Yes. And there's a, basically what I'm saying is a lot of content, everyone, to Slime Sand. Mm. Um, a lot of unlockables, you know, you, there's, you can complete the levels, that's fine. You have to, the, the Explorer in me, because I'm mm. primarily an Explorer gamer, that's mm -hmm. why I played WoW for so long, mm -hmm. not because I was, you know, um, uh, I just wanted to see everything. <laughs> yes. Yeah, oh, <laughs> you know? I, I, was a, I was a big WoW player too. The name Fabraz was actually the character name... Uh, that I came up with for my WoW character. Well, can I ask uh, you what class you played? I was a Night Elf Druid. Night Elf Druid. Was it like DPS or was it healing? Uh, it was actually still vanilla WoW and I was one of the only uh, PvP DPS Druids um, because wow. it, basically back then, you know, they, they sucked. Um, but I tried, <laughs> I, I tried to make a point that they don't and so I was basically the only, I was very proud of being the only PvP Druid in the top 10 leaderboards. Um, no, on my sir. So no, I, I, I was a gamer uh, pride. I was a dark elf um, priest, mm. healing. Yep, everybody and, uh, needs healers, so that's a yeah, good everyone, That's why it was great. And I didn't mind doing whack a mole during mm -hmm. raids. I actually led raids as a priest. Don't do nice. that, everyone. Don't. don't. <laughs> that's a lot of multitasking. That's, that, that's horrible. People yelling at you, going, <laughs> "What have you done? Just hit it. Just hit the stupid thing, and I'll keep you alive." But the point is, the reason I played WoW for so long is I explored. I explored mm. because I wanted to see more stuff. The only reason I raided, not because I wanted the stuff. It was a means mm. to an end. I just wanted mm. to see these dungeons. Mm -hmm. And I did. <laughs> I saw them all, mm -hmm. and then I stopped. Mm -hmm. That's the only reason I stopped, not because it was taking over my life. Like, You've I've, seen I've, it all. I've seen it all now. Yeah. I'm done. Um, yeah. So with Slime Sand, there's so much to do. There's so many unlockables. Yes. You, I've found myself redoing levels because I didn't get all the apples. Yes, nice. I'm glad to hear that because you know. I'm, I'm a real believer of awarding people of being collectors. Um, like I, I used to be a big fan of games like Banjo-Kazooie, um, which you know are collectathons essentially. Um, yeah. but, but oftentimes I felt that the final reward for collecting everything wasn't as satisfying as they should be. Um, and we really want to make sure that that doesn't happen to Slime Sand. And that's the reason why actually the content grew so exponentially. So like when we decided that we're going to have an apple in like uh, in each room of each level, as we decided not only is that going to be an extra challenge to get, but we really want you to get those apples. Like we want to create that need for them. And the best way to do that is by introducing a lot of shops that give you a lot of different kind of items. And that's how the town actually grew so exponentially bigger. We constantly came up with new kind of rewards for your apple collecting. Um, so, so you've got, you know, you've got your play styles, yeah. um, which literally are basically play style modifiers. Um, we usually like to go with a plus minus approach. So, you lose something, you gain something with each playstyle. Um, you've got customizable clothes for both Slime Sand as well as his little bird companion. Um, you've got shaders that that mimic uh, systems of yore, like uh, you know the Game Boy or the Virtual Boy, if you want your eyes to bleed. Um, we've got uh, side panel art that you can switch out if you want to yes, go retro. Yes, I've been doing that. I've been switching mm -hmm. the side art. And yes. It's very nice. One of the earlier ones that you get for very low price of mm -hmm. about three apples one of mm -hmm. the first ones we got was some visual art of what slime sand might look like yes <laughs> exactly it, you know the one i'm talking about it's a lovely painting mm -hmm. it's beautiful and uh, he's, he's looking very scared mm -hmm. uh, as, as he should be because he's meant to be stomped on by something but yeah no it's uh, it's uh, uh, uh it's really well put together and i just want to ask how that came to be but you've answered the question the, mm. this, the, the sheer number of look the, the, the driver behind you creating that uh, the, yeah. how it came to be was that you wanted people to uh, enjoy these levels you didn't want them to smash and bash their way through them in an in elegant man manner you wanted mm -hmm. them to think about them even though they got no time to do so well we, uh, wanted, we wanted both really i mean yeah. because you can't you can't possibly collect all the apples and get the trophy time in the same run no, like no. those are going to be two separate runs yeah um, yeah and yeah and then i think the piece of resistance really is uh we have an additional collectible that we call arcade coins yeah uh, and those are very they're hidden they're they're basically hidden 
throughout the 100 levels, there's 15 of them. Mm. And your ultimate reward for finding these difficult items is uh, our literal mini-games that you can um, play in the arcade parlor in the town. Yeah. And those mini-games are probably the primary example of our ridiculous amount of scope creep that happens in the company. That, that, yeah, that is inc- I mean, there's a little person that's standing next to Slime San. I'm not sure who he is or what he is, but he does encourage him. So yes, that's, I, I, so that, that's that's Vlad. The uh, <laughs> he owns the arcade parlor. He does, yeah. And he's just standing mm-hmm. there, encouraging. And, he, and, he, and he's a bit a bit of a species because he doesn't like that you went into his arcade parlor because slimes are messy and leave slime behind, and he has to clean that up. Yeah, well, he's got a point. <laughs> <laughs> not that I'm defending any kind of you know prejudices of any slime kind. speciesism. Slime speciesism, <laughs> but uh, but no, Slime Sand is having a great, great time playing these little games, forgetting mm-hmm. the fact that he's got his wife and children behind. <laughs> Um, you think you want to hurry, right? <laughs> you think you like everything you do, everything you can, but no, I'm going to sit here and play Pong. Just like in real life. Minutes. You have important yeah. things to do and you end up just playing video games. Yeah, you end up playing video games. Like, but you've got all the... You know, everything's on fire. I know. <laughs> yeah, but, but that high score, though. <laughs> just, you know, I've just got to get past this next level. I'll be right with it. Just let me... <laughs> This is how video games are like. It's what we're like. You know, we're just yep, the worst. Yep. Everything's on fire. I know. It's so basically okay. what I'm saying is Slime Sand is just a piece of life. You know, just a slice <laughs> of life. It is in the stomach of a worm that's trying to yeah. eat you. Well, exactly. Successfully yeah, you, eating you. It's yeah. my normal Monday. I, I also like the fact that it's not fun. I mean, most video games, being eaten by a worm, that's it. You're, you're pretty much done. But yeah, this is yeah. the very core. Of like, Well, what happens after you're eaten? Well, that's what we liked so much. That's why we chose Slime as a as a protagonist. Is that this Slime is always the loser in video games, right? Like the first guy that you kill in an RPG, like Dragon Quest. Um, and so, and and so we're like, what what what's the fitting storyline for a Slime? It's well, it's losing right away, and so he yeah. loses right away by getting eaten. But then, you know, yeah, yeah, the, revenge. The, the, the he gets sli- out. The Slime turns. Yeah, so- the Slime turns. I've got this last question. I only ask this question of games like Slime Sand and that they're high-paced, high-octane, if you will. There's a terrible mm. phrase. But very fast-paced arcade games. And um, I want to ask you, I've just sat down to play it for the very first time. And what is the one thing you tip to give me a tip? You've told me how to play it. But then mm. what's the one player tip you'd actually give to someone because i like to think that this draws out the core essence of the game if it was a mm. designer the creator mm. what's the one the only one thing that you'd say to me one thing um don't be afraid to use the morph button as a crutch until right. you've memorized the level and can do a cleaner run later on right um, its yeah. purpose is to help you Yes, I've noticed that. I've found myself going, well, I can do this faster, but let's just learn how I can do it faster. Well, the funny thing is a lot of people are too proud to use it, like quite literally. <laughs> yeah, well, that's yeah, that's the other bane of video gamers. Yep. Is, yep. Um, that's a terrible phrase, but you know what I mean. It's just that sense of pride. Yes, and we literally have a, a, another shop in the town that's, that allows you to skip levels. And we've had another beta running for two, three months, and... As far as I know, nobody has ever used it. <laughs> ever. Me included. Even though the game is incredibly hard, but yeah. people just refuse. Me included. I'm just yeah. like, what's that for? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are you taking me for, you crazy yeah. person? <laughs> it's insulting to even see it. Yes, get out. <laughs> Who put this in here? Can't we have some sort of elephant thing in there instead? That'd be great. But at least it's always there, right? It's not like uh, with the new Super Mario Bros. games where it happens after you die a couple of times because those I'm like, oh, well, yeah, now I'm really? definitely never yeah, using that. Yeah, I'm definitely, I'm not, yeah, I'm not. <laughs> there, there was a phase of like, oh, you, this game's a little, was it? God of War did that, didn't it? It said, you're finding this a little bit difficult. Would you have to turn down the difficult? No, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I will beat you. Yeah. Don't you dare. <laughs> How dare you? How, who said yes to this? <laughs> Whoever said it was a bean counting lunatic? <laughs> don't get the point. Anyway, leave it in there. Don't don't take it away. It's uh, it's mm. a fine it's a fine addition and a fine inclusion. But uh, I just wanted to ask you that sort of fundamental question, just to give an mm. idea about you know. And you're right. It's 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 
it's, it's a very very good sort of, uh, piece of advice. If you want to learn the level and get around, um, if you just yeah. ask, if, if you, even if you just ask after the apples, which is a challenge in of itself. Yes, just yes. Do one, just morph. No one would know. And, and, unless you're you know, streaming it's, it. It's, it's it's all muscle memory, as you said, and eventually you will get better and better at these levels. I yeah. mean, most people, for example, in World One, all the levels for most people take around, two, I'd say, two to three minutes. Yeah. Um, but all the trophy times are twenty seconds, and that's because those levels are possible in 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 that incredible short amount of time once you really got get into the nitty gritty of it. Yeah, because the slime shouldn't be a slime; it should be a blur. Yeah. <laughs> You shouldn't be able to see him at all. It's like, yep, is there exactly. something like he's gone? <laughs> was, there something, was there anything? Uh, 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 you, you, we're done. And I think that's the greatest story that we're getting is, is seeing streamers uh, speedrun these. Because yeah. um, there, there's a certain level of satisfying grace in people pulling off more complex moves I and see. even abusing some of the level design to kind of, you know, get the, the better of it. Oh, yes, glitches. Discussion yeah. for an earlier part of this guy before we start recording the show. We won't talk about yes. glitches. No, no, let's not do mm. that. Um, <laughs> sorry to everyone, that mass effect. Uh, yep. Sorry, um, but um, well, that's it, Fabian. It's been fantastic having you on. Oh, thank you. It was a lot of fun. I hope you got something out of it. Uh, I'm sure, I know I did, and I know listeners did. It's been really great listening to you talk to you about your history and. Uh, also, the extraordinary uh, depth and detail you've got the slime sand. I mean, I just got a e- random email from that. No, like, what's this? Oh, oh, we must have him on because this game looks awesome. <laughs> and it was. Thank you so much. It was, and I'm very happy that you were so open and honest about it. Thank you. No, it, it, was, it was a lot of fun. So it's out on Steam, is it not? So Not yet. It's very close, though. It's April 7th. Uh, yes. It's going to be out on Steam. And then look for it uh, for consoles in the summer. Right. And hot little piece of news is yes. that Switch might actually happen. Nice. Well, by the time this show comes out, it might, you might be able to announce that properly. But yes, that's. I'm happy that the Switch is turned into this indie darling. Uh, mm-hmm, because it's mm-hmm. a lovely machine. Do you have? Oh, every, you've I, I, ordered I one. See everybody you? was working like what, work, like working on Nintendo relationships as much as possible. Yeah, <laughs> it's amazing because everyone's saying the Wii U is a dead duck. Yeah, but mm-hmm. Nintendo had the 3DS. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. So you don't don't. Uh, everyone's some some commentators. Are going, oh, they're pulling out a console. No, they they are not. They are not. Uh, they're not Sega. They're a very, very, very different computer. Um, and all they got to do is release a Monster Hunter for the Switch, and I mean, that'll be uh, that. That's all I want and that's probably life. going to happen. Um, mm-hmm. And they're pretty close with it on Zelda, anyway. I mean, that's that mm-hmm. game. That game. That's Just another game. That, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's another game. It keeps on giving. Uh, mm. Similar to Slime Sand in, in that regard. You've bought much in. It will give ten times back. Mm, mm. I, I'm okay with that comparison. I mean, yeah. that's a very good <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Super Meat Boy and Zelda, nicely yeah. done. Yeah, no, I can, I can live with that. You can live with that. <laughs> well, you can take that away. Okay. Again, thank you very much, Fabian. It's been fantastic having you on. Thank you. Bye. And so ends another episode of the Sausage Factory. Do leave us an iTunes review, and you can also don't forget listen to us on Stitcher.com. So just go to Stitcher.com, and you can stream the show from there you just look up the sausage factory and you can find us that'd be great you can follow me on twitter at chris o'regan no apostrophes and uh, if you want to email me any feedback on the show or actually you're a developer you listen to this show and want your game featured on it please do email me at chris at spong.com also don't forget to check out the computer game show which is the Stablemate podcast, should we say, on Spong.com. Bye!